0: Good morning, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Heidi St. John podcast. Today is Wednesday, September the 26th. It's episode number 667. Today is typically the day that I go over the Mom Strong International Bible study, and we're going to do that today. We're going to talk a little bit about the importance of launching our children out onto the battlefield. You know, the Bible gives us. Very clear instructions as parents as to our responsibility in the lives of our children But there comes a point which really the goal becomes to release them into the world So we're going to talk about that along with a few things that are happening in the headlines stick around I think you're going to be encouraged So you guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It encourages us to know that there are so many of you out there listening, and we are encouraged to see the podcast growing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everyone who has been leaving ratings and reviews for this podcast over at iTunes. If you're encouraged by what we're doing here we would be blessed and encouraged if you would share what's happening at the podcast with your friends on social media and help us grow the podcast. It's really our hope that we would see a generation of parents get off the bench and onto the battlefield for the sake of the next generation and for the gospel. Speaking of the next generation, you guys know that I've been watching very closely the Senate Judiciary Committee as it prepares a vote on the Brett Kavanaugh nomination to the Supreme Court. And there have been all manner of parliamentary tricks happening. I've actually never seen anything like it. I started to record a podcast earlier and I was so frustrated that I stopped recording because I don't want this podcast to turn into a political podcast. I really want to talk about the Bible and how it it should influence everything that we do as believers and as men and women who love the Lord Jesus. But I'll tell you what, it is very, very hard to watch what is happening to Brett Kavanaugh up on Capitol Hill. And just yesterday, the Senate Judiciary Committee late yesterday rescheduled their planned vote on Brett Kavanaugh's Supreme Court nomination for Friday morning. And so the day after tomorrow, one day after Kavanaugh and the sex assault accuser, Christine Blasey Ford, are expected to testify to lawmakers. Now, of course, anything can happen right? I mean, they're throwing everything in the kitchen sink at this guy. And so I just want to encourage you. I'm not going to go into all the details of it. I will say it makes me sick. I feel it's terribly unjust. And uh, in this country, we have a presumption of innocence until we're proven guilty. And now it seems the tables are turned and you're guilty until we prove you innocent, which is turning the judiciary system in this country on its head. And so this should matter to us. And I just want to encourage you to really be praying Uh, for Brett Kavanaugh, for his family, for his wife and his children, for this nomination. The Bible is very clear about what happens to nations when they're ruled by people who are evil. And we want good judges in our judiciary on either side. I mean, honestly, don't care. You know, someone said to me the other day, you know, do you consider yourself a Republican or Democrat? And I'm like, I consider myself a values voter. It matters to me that we have good people, people of integrity, in the judiciary, people of integrity in our in the highest places in the land. Uh, I'm a values voter. If, if you tell me that you will not defend the lives of the unborn, or you're for euthanasia or assisted suicide, I actually don't even you look you lost me right there. I don't even want to hear what your financial plan is because we can have the best economy in the nation, and if we don't protect our most vulnerable, and if we don't care about what God cares about, then the Bible says that our nation will suffer. And that's the truth. And we need righteous judges. We need people who are in, you know, is even in their humanness, who uh, we do the ve- the very best that we can to promote people who are going to make good and wise and fair decisions. And so, I hope that you will join me and our family and uh, our staff over at Firmly Planted Family and at Heidi Saint John in praying for. This Senate Judiciary Committee hearing on Friday morning to go forward and for the vote to go forward. So that's really what we're praying for. Also, I wanted to let you guys know that I will be in Washington, D.C. I'm actually really excited about this. I love Washington, D.C. I love the energy that's there. I love the history that's there. And I love the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, of which I will be keynoting their women's event for them this weekend. I'm very excited about that. Anytime someone lets me talk to a group of leaders It just fires me up because I know I'm talking to people who are going to influence other people. So if you guys think about me this weekend, you'd be praying about that. That's happening. We're also going to be taking a sneak peek at the uh, Museum of the Bible. So I'm pretty jazzed about that as well. And then on the 6th of October, which my daughter just pointed out, is the one year anniversary of Bobby being released from the hospital. Can you guys believe it? I, I can't even believe it. The one year anniversary of Bobby being released from the hospital and I will be doing the, um, my women's conference in Vancouver that is called Miracle Worker, the life changing power of following Jesus. If you're anywhere in the Portland metropolitan area or in Seattle or Tacoma or Salem, uh, come on down when come on up come on down come on up from wherever you are come on over uh, We are going to have an incredible weekend on that saturday the 6th and the night before I think tickets are almost sold out for the night before That is a special event that we do uh, every once in a while This one will just be with our family And we're going to be singing with you guys and just kind of getting up close and personal and talking about what's going on in your life and praying over you And um, eating dessert because you know, that's biblical. (laughs) So if you're interested in that, I think we have a few spots open. That'd be a great place to just bring your girlfriends and come and just relax with us on a Friday night. And I think you guys are gonna be super blessed. So we're excited about that. All right, we are in the last week of this particular study, Born on a Battlefield, Shepherding and Sheltering Children in a Time of War. And we've been talking about parenting all month long, right? Because parenting is sort of part prayer and part panic. (laughs) So we should just be, we should just be honest because I can confess to both of those things. But as my children have gotten older, I've come to learn that the most important aspect of my job as a mother is found in knowing my purpose as a mother. And as Christian parents, our purpose carries with it one ultimate goal, and that is to see our children walking in right relationship with God. And so if we want that, we've got to be purposeful because our adversary is purposeful and because purposeful parenting offers us the opportunity to see beyond the battlefield. So this month at Mom Strong International, which by the way, if you haven't signed up there, I just want to encourage you to do that. We are almost 9,000 of you there. Thank you so much. That is a fantastic way for you to get into the Bible with us and also a really great way to help us keep this podcast on the air. And so we've been... Going through this series of parenting, shepherding children in a time of war, talking about how God sees children and how we should see them regardless of our circumstances and how we can experience the generational blessing that God has for us. And yes, there is a blessing. I know some of you guys are surrounded by little people right now and you're like, blessing schmeshing. <laughs> you haven't slept in, in uh, two and a half months and you're frustrated and your kids are drawing in Sharpie on your bathroom walls when you're not looking. I'm here to tell you, it'll get better. So hang in there. Little children need shepherding and sheltering, right? We shelter our children from what lies around them. We train them for battle with the truth of God's word. And there is a time for sheltering. And there is also a time for releasing our children into the world. And that's really what I wanna talk about with you in the remaining minutes that we have here at the podcast today. Because I think sometimes it's easier for us to helicopter parent our kids to death. Or uh, what was I just hearing lately? The lawnmower parents? Have you guys heard about this? The new, the new definition. Um, there's an, a brand new term called lawn mower parents. Have you guys heard about this yet? Because I just heard about it the other day and I was kind of like, I'm a little bit amazed. USA Today did an article on what they call lawn mower parent. And this is kind of the new helicopter parent of 2018. So listen to, listen to this. If you guys aren't sick of parent labels, you're going to be after this. So helicopter free range. Uh, Tiger moms, you heard about them, the elephant parent. The parenting world teams with labels. And the latest label is a lawnmower parent. And USA Today says you don't want to be a lawnmower parent, but you probably are. Lawnmower parenting has made a swift rise in public consciousness thanks to a viral post by a We Are Teachers member, an online community of teachers. And so they say, in raising children, this is the We Are Teachers, in raising children who have experienced minimal struggle, we are not creating a happier generation of kids. We are creating a generation that has no idea what to do when they actually encounter struggle. Lawnmower parents go to whatever lengths necessary to prevent struggle for their kids. Do you guys think that's true? So instead of preparing them for challenges, they mow the obstacles down so the kids won't experience them in the first place. And I, you know what? I've, I've seen that. So I was like, okay, well, right. I guess, I guess that's happening. And that certainly isn't what we want to do. Right. But I thought, man, like we really need one more label as parents. Uh, this gal, uh, Michelle Hannah Hudson said, I think everybody has been a lawnmower parent at one time, even teachers, because they're parents too. It's a natural tendency to want to help kids, which she's totally right. But what we don't want to do is block their path to adulthood. So the problem is not a parent's willingness to help a child succeed, uh, that's good, right? The problem comes from a parent's repeated efforts to eliminate any and all struggle so that children are ill-equipped when they grow up and eventually life inevitably goes sideways because, you know, it will, it's gonna totally go sideways. But you know what can help you, mom? The Bible. You know what can help you, dad? Knowing God's word because God has a heart for parents. So 1 Corinthians, let's go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you guys are familiar with this chapter, right? Um, But I wanna focus on a verse, just a a particular verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and that is verse 11. It says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought I was a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. And all month we've been talking about the precious responsibility we have to shape our arrows. An arrow starts out as an unwittled piece of wood. And over time, with careful attention, that wood transforms into a beautiful battle-ready arrow. And if it's time to let your arrow fly, which if your kid's 14, it's not time. 15, not time. 16, eh, not time. I think sometimes we get tired and we just, we wanna circumvent the process. And so we, we push our kids ahead. You know, we maybe push them two or three or four. Sometimes I've, I've seen people push their kids Even four grades ahead because the child is, is very smart intellectually, but almost always they don't have the emotional wherewithal to back that up. And I'm going to bunny trail for just a second and say, tell you guys a story of something that happened to me a long time ago when our oldest daughter was in kindergarten. She, she was. I mean, she was always a great student. Savannah was a great student from the time she was in kindergarten all the way through college. And her, the principal of her school came to me one day. This is when she was still in the Christian school. And it was the end of the year. And he asked if he could have a conference with us. And I was like, okay. you know." So we have a conference and he shows us Savannah's test scores and she's doing really good. And she was a young kindergartner. She was probably a four and a half year old kindergartner, but she was really smart and I was really excited to get her into school because I saw she was smart and he said, you know, Heidi, I just want to encourage you. Well, and Jay, he was talking to Jay too, to be fair. He probably said Heidi and Jay, (laughs) right, baby? He probably said Heidi and Jay. So he said, I just want to encourage you guys that I've never met a parent who regretted keeping their child with them just a little bit longer, but I have regret, I have met many parents who regretted pushing their children ahead of where they were supposed to be on the timeline. And he said, I just really wanna encourage you. He said, Savannah's really smart and obviously she can do the work. He said, I would encourage you to, to have her repeat kindergarten because um, this time when she's 18 years old, you won't be graduating a 16 and a half year old. You'll be graduating a 17 and a half year old. And at that stage in their life, there is a huge difference. Well, you gotta kind of see where Jay and I were at at the time. Savannah was our first child And I was like, she's a genius. (laughs) Like, why would I hold her back? I am so thankful that Jay and I listened to Bill's wise advice because he was right. There is a huge difference between a 16 year old child who's almost 17 and a 17 year old child who's almost 18. And he was right. We never regretted holding her back. And so we had her repeat that year of kindergarten. And even though it kind of hurt my ego a little bit and I was, you know, I'm gonna tell my friends, well, Savannah's gonna go through kindergarten again. You know, (laughs) I told them, oh my goodness, you guys, I'm so glad that we did that. And so I wanna just encourage you, I'm not talking about pushing your children out of the quiver and shooting them before they're ready. On the contrary, I'm saying, if it's time to let your arrows fly and you have to know that it's time, if it's time to let your arrows fly or even if you're in the throes of having little ones at home, Lean in because this matters no matter what season of parenting you're in. So even though Savannah was little, my vision for what her life would be like when she was older was being formed and her principle really helped me get a right perspective. And so the final task that God assigns parents is that of releasing their grown children. So launching their arrow into the adult world. And I'm telling you what, from experience, you guys, this is one of the most difficult seasons of parenting uh, because we pour so much into our children and then we watch them stretch their wings and find their own way. Sometimes they they stretch their wings and they crash into a building or they stretch their wings and it doesn't work or they stretch their wings and it does work and then we just miss them like crazy. And it's a tough, it's a tough season and we can handle our children wisely uh, and we can parent them with godly intention but if we're unwilling or unable to release them into the father's care and then allow them to walk, even when they stumble into adulthood, we can unwittingly set them up for failure and frustration. And I really think that's kind of the heart of the USA Today article. I mean, they were talking about, you know, these lawnmower parents, and that's really what they're saying. Uh, I, I read a quote uh, in the article and it said, "We don't want to see our children fail. We want to set them up for success." Um, and then she added, that that might mean parents would consider their child's future. Sometimes we have to think about what that success means. And really, you guys, forget the USA Today article. Really, that's what the Bible's saying. That's what God's word is teaching us, that our responsibility is to train them and then it's to let them go. And you don't wanna know how to do it. You engage them at every stage. Do you wanna know the weak points in your arrow and offer strength and wisdom? Engage with them. Every day search out their hearts with love, ask God for wisdom to see beyond their temporary struggle to the eternal issue. We wanna be watching always for what is what is the heart of my child? How can I shape and encourage my child in every stage that there's that they're at? So in other words, if we see a fruit of our, so we might, you know, I'm watching my little grandson Noah right now, right? Who is kind of, he's, he's uh, stretching his little tiny wings. He's got little tiny five-year-old wings. And he's stretching his little tiny five-year-old wings. And sometimes he thinks that that stretching is to tell Mamsie, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, he learns really quickly that no, there's a good way to stretch your wings and a bad way to stretch your wings. But what we want to do with our children is look for what is the root behind that behavior. If we're always dealing with the fruit and not with the root, then we miss it. So how do we see the root behind the fruit? We engage with our kids. And I think a lot of parents today are struggling to engage with their kids. We're struggling to engage with them in conversation. It's a whole lot easier to just get on Facebook or YouTube or turn on your television or, um, you know, almost everything we do now, unfortunately seems like it's driven by something electronic, which grieves me on a hundred different levels. And I think a lot of parents are struggling to engage their kids in conversation. It's not really even for lack of trying, you know, like sometimes we ask our kids, you know, how are you doing? How was your day? And a lot of times our efforts yield kind of a shuffle and a, Muffled, you know, okay, but can I just encourage you guys? Don't give up. Persevere, stay constant. Uh, Life-changing conversations don't just happen. They're a result of parenting on purpose. They reflect a commitment to seeing the relationship flourish even when you feel like you're being rejected. (laughs) That's a tough one, right? Who wants to be rejected? I don't, and I've often been rejected by my children. I mean, if you ask anyone who knows me, I've had many tearful conversations with friends of mine over what felt to me like a rejection from my own children. And there's a reason that the enemy wants to keep you from engaging your kids in a meaningful way. And uh, I'm gonna end the podcast here today, but if you want more information, I wanna encourage you, if you wanna know what that reason is, write out Hebrews chapter three, verses 12 to 13, and you're gonna see that this passage gives parents of adolescents a very good reason to engage in constant conversation. Hebrews three, verses 12, to 13. I'm going to say it one more time Hebrews 3, verses 12 to 13. Look it up. Going to church isn't enough, you guys. If we're going to raise our children and feel confident as we release them into the world, we need to walk alongside them. We share life together, we share our meals together, all the way to the launching pad and beyond. And then we begin when that launching happens, we fall to our knees in prayer and we watch that arrow fly. And we realize we have no control anymore of that arrow. That arrow has to be attuned to the voice of the Lord. Ask the Lord to reveal any hidden sin in the lives of your kids so you can address it while your kids are still at home under your shepherding. And everything that you do as parents should have one primary goal. I'm gonna end the podcast the way I started it, and that is this. Your goal is this, to see your children come to know and walk with Jesus. Everything else is gonna pale in comparison. So if you're at the precipice of launching your arrows, remember this. A wise young adult will listen to the godly counsel of his parents. But once your child is no longer a child, your role will change. You will no longer be the primary authority in their life, but by God's grace, the Lord will take first place in our young adult's heart. And this is the goal of Christian parenting. We spend a lifetime modeling Christ, teaching Christ, praying with and discipling and disciplining our children for the season that will release them into the world. And you know what? It's a season. We don't just walk out onto the battlefield and raise our bow high. We prepare for the launch starting when our children are born. Surely, mom and dad, you were born for this, to launch your arrow into the world for the Lord. So I hope you guys are encouraged. This is the study at MomStrong International this month. I am so excited that you guys have joined us. Thank you for doing that, by the way. It really encourages us. Your $8 a month gets you the MomStrong Bible study. Which includes a a component called Kids Strong. It also includes a video from me kind of talking you through it. It includes a leader's guide. So you can become a leader with Mom Strong International. We've, we're coming up on 10,000 members at Mom Strong International. And the way that you start is you become a member, a member of the scripture writing community. So we're already ready to put up the October study. The October study is going to be focusing on truth. Right? Because truth is really caught in the crosshairs right now. So we're going to focus on truth. How do we teach our children truth? How can we know it as adults? What does the Bible say about truth? And we're going to go in that direction. So I want to just encourage you, if you're not a member of Mom Strong International, become a member today. You can start a Mom Strong International group at your church and everybody who's a member can download that study and you can meet once a week and get into the word together. I'm telling you what, I'm promising you 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes in the word every day gonna change your life. It will change your life. That is the life-changing power of following Jesus. And speaking of that, I wanna just remind you, I will be doing my Women's Conference Miracle Worker, The Life-Changing Power of Following Jesus on October 6th in Vancouver, Washington. Tickets are still available for that. We'd love for you to get your tickets this week, so we'd be sure to have our lunch count correct. And I will see you at the conference on October the 6th. Thanks for listening, you guys. Thanks for praying for us as we head to Washington, D.C. this week. We appreciate you so much. And we're so thankful for all the reviews that you're leaving, for the prayers that you're offering up. And we just want to thank you again for being partners with us in this ministry of encouraging parents to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. Have a great day, everybody. And I'll see you back here with my friend Wendy Speak on Friday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.